Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello, welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our friend John Obolewski. How are you today, John? Jim, I'm doing awesome. It's good to be with you. Good. I, we're getting such great feedback uh, from this kind of recent series here, and and uh, it seems like people are wanting more and they're wanting less. They're they're wanting more um, personal time, more conversation, more direct, you know, specifics with you, and less less of a crowd. Less, of, yeah. they want to talk to you. And I I thought we'd start today by just saying, how do, how would people get a hold of you if they wanted to have a conversation with you about the topics like today? or any of the previous 26 episodes. So Jim, the best two ways uh, is to go to our website, Mm convergecoach.com, and there is a contact us uh, button. It's just that simple. You just click on that and uh, and we can start a conversation. Right. Uh, Or if you prefer email, it's john, J-O-H-N, at convergecoach.com. So those are the two best ways. And and that initial conversation, hey, I'm dealing with this, John, what's what's the cost for that that initial conversation? That initial conversation is free. Right. Okay. So from there, you can ascertain whether you're the best person to help them. You have access to other people, um, advice, that sort of thing. And and really, if, if what you do can help what they need. And you can go from there. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. I love it. Thanks, man. Well, today we're going to be talking about uh, protecting yourself from abuse. It's it's sad, but it's true that churches are not immune to people right. that abuse people in a variety of ways. Right. And uh, just just kind of introduce this to us today. Where are we going? So, Jim, in Second Timothy, the Apostle Paul wrote to his young apprentice, who was a pastor, by the way, yeah. uh, Timothy, these words. He said, Alexander the metalworker did me a great deal of harm. Yeah. The Lord will repay him. I love this. Yeah. Paul says, Paul didn't say, I'm going to repay him. <laughs> you know, the Lord will repay him for what he has done. Yeah. But listen to what he says to Timothy here. He says, you two should be on your guard against him yeah. because he strongly opposed our message. Right. Jim, here's something I didn't learn in college while preparing for ministry. Difficult people go to church. Yeah. <laughs> they never brought that up. There wasn't a class no, on that. Huh? There was not. <laughs> and here's the second thing I didn't learn, that difficult people who go to church can cause a great deal of harm yes. to yeah. a leader yeah. and to the church here she leads. Man, I... I you know, so many times through the years, uh, have sat at a table. Sometimes I've been the person at the table saying, "I just, I can't do this anymore." Mm-hmm. And universally, to a man, to a woman, we're not talking about anointing, we're not talking about calling, we're talking about people. Right? I, I can't, I can't continue. I have nothing left to give. I've been beat up. I've been chewed up. I've been spit yeah. out. And they're and they're literally questioning God's call on their life because of one or two people, one or two families, one right. or two deacons, one or two. It's crazy, isn't it? How how it we really can is. if we don't deal with this, it will deal with us in such a merciless way. And it's the the least healthy thing for the person, the church that we serve. We have to deal with unhealthy people. There's no way around this, is there? There is no way around it. You can't even delegate it. <laughs> no, I, and some guys uh, want to do that, yeah. and um, I tell them, well. That's uh, not advisable because it's going to stunt your growth. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine if, like, a political person had three percent of the, the country that was against them? How successful they would be, right? And yet, in a church, it takes three people. Yeah, three percent. Church of a hundred, right? Church of a hundred, three yeah. people, one family with their arms folded in the back row, protesting whatever, and boom, it's it's on. 
Yeah. It's on. Uh, okay. So give us give us some safeguards then. Help us understand what, what do we do? Because I think everybody that has this or has had this is nodding their head or, or they're drying their tears. They're there mm-hmm. or they've been there. So right. give us some practical things. What do we do? Um, so I think we're going to just, again, skin the surface here, yeah. uh, Jim. And these things that we're going to talk about, we're gonna. I, I, I'd like us to talk maybe about three principles. Great. And these are principles you can use in your personal life too, by the way. This isn't just for your leadership yeah. uh, context. It, it, this works in your family. This works in, in, <laughs> in uh, friendships and things of that nature. So let me give you the first safeguard. And that is this, be convinced that standing up for yourself is the right thing to do. Right. I didn't know that was the right thing to do for mm-hmm. a good chunk of my life. Right. And as a, as a Christian and as a pastor, I thought that I just needed to take it. I needed to mm-hmm. absorb the verbal abuse of people, the, the emotional abuse of people, because that's what good pastors do. Right. And, and Jim, huh. I what? couldn't have been more wrong about that. Was that modeled for you? Did you see other pastors yes, saying that? I, th- okay. I, th- I think it was. And uh, God loved the lead pastors I served under. They were yeah. wonderful men. Right. They really, truly were, Jim. Yeah. Um, they gave me a lot of rope. They were very supportive. Right. But I, I watched them absorb verbal abuse uh, from hmm. board members and parishioners, and I thought, well, I guess that's the way you do it. Wow. I, I think, you know, as a male in authority, there's a lot of people that have been hurt by males mm-hmm. and by people in authority. And so there's a lot of people that will try to make you pay for the sins of all the other males and all the other authority figures. Now they can they can say the things to you they wanted to say to their father, but they, they never did. Right. Or their coach or their drill sergeant or whatever. Mm-hmm. Man, it... It can become an ugly, dangerous place. Right. And yeah. if you don't believe it's right for you to stand up for yourself, Jim, yeah. you're always going to struggle. Yeah. And uh, we have to, right? Right. We have to stand up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, wanna... not, it's not good for anybody that we don't. Uh, that's absolutely correct. It's not good for you. It's not good for the person who's yeah. actually doing the abuse. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. And it's not good for the organization you lead either. Everybody loses yeah. when you don't do this well. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, in third, when my son Aaron was in third grade, he had this uh, big kid, big kid on the playground. By the way, his name was Jimmy. Oh yeah, um, yeah. It wasn't name. you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he had uh, he had this big kid named Jimmy who was pushing him around on the uh, playground. So he came yeah. home uh, one day and he was crying. And I said, Aaron, what's wrong? And he said, Well, Jimmy is pushing me around on the playground. So how long has this been going on? And he said, Well, it's been going on for weeks, Dad. And it's oh, just no. every day oh, it's the no. same deal. I said, uh, and so I'm a lead pastor at the local church, you know, in town. We're in a small community. I said, Aaron, here's what I want you to do. (laughs) I want you to take your hand the next time this happens, and I want you to ball it up in a fist, and I want you to swing as hard as you can and hit him right in the nose. Right in the nose, yeah. (laughs) I'm so glad that's where the story was going. I'll tell you why in a minute, but keep going. Well, my son Aaron didn't always obey, but he was on board with this plan. Yeah. Yeah. He he was on top of it. Yeah. So the very next day, this happened. This this, this scene plays out. Jimmy comes up and starts shoving my son around, and Aaron does what his dad told him to do, hit Jimmy right in the face. Yeah. As hard as he could. Yeah. Uh, I got a call from the principal, and I'm sure I, I he was you know, congratulating you on your fatherly advice. Well, I'm the, not sure he was doing that, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I explained to him that I had directed my son to do that. Yeah. And uh, here's here was the output of that. Yeah. Jimmy never came around my son to do anything like that again because sure. he he drew a boundary and yeah. said, "You're right to put your hands on 
on near me stops where my body ends. You know, yeah. you, yeah. And and so, I'm not saying you should listen to this and to go punch people <laughs> out in your church, right? But you have a right as a pastor when you're confronted with abusive behavior to refuse to be treated like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's good. I, it was funny. I had the same thing with my son. The kid's name was Jeffrey. He was a third grader in an early fives program, and he was twice the size of the other kids. Mm-hmm. And would my kid came in with bite marks on him and bruises? What's going on? I talked to the teacher. Well, we like to let the kids work it out on their own. I said, "Oh, okay, that's the way we do it nowadays." So, if my son has to go to the jungle every day, I'll teach him how to survive in a jungle. Mm-hmm. And and again, same same result. Uh, and it was actually good. It was it's good for the bully to be stood up to. Yeah. It lets him know he's not God. That's it lets right. him know he can't get away with it. it it's I, I hate to say that because we're talking about you know turn the other cheek. I think turn the other cheek has to do with with a different set of circumstances, with a different character, with a different maturity. But if a child's being harmed, I, I would just say, listen, that it was good right. for the bully to to get a taste. And uh, and that was that, right? Yep. It ended it. Yeah, story over. Yeah. Good. What else do you got? So here's the second safeguard. Understand the difference between persecution and abuse. Okay. Because I think sometimes pastors get that mixed up. Yeah. Uh, in Matthew 5, Jesus said this, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. But then he he, he, he adds these three words to the yeah. end of that. He says, because of me. Right, right, right. You know, my son Aaron wasn't being persecuted on that playground. He was being bullied. Right. And mm. there's a huge difference sure. between being persecuted yeah. and just being in the path of mean-spirited people. Right. <laughs> and I think we I think we glom that all together sometimes. We think it's yeah. the same. Um and I think we need discernment, right? Sometimes it's just plain old mean-spirited bullying that needs to be addressed and dealt with yeah. versus actual persecution. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Um, and I just got done reading this a couple days ago in the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus said, when they persecute, you flee. Hmm. I thought that was interesting, right? That, yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, you when you get persecuted as a leader, it doesn't mean you leave your church. But right. what it does mean is you put space between you and those people. Right. You draw a line. Yes, you do. And and so I think we have to understand those two because I think we get those mixed up. Right. And we, again, end up absorbing abuse, and we call it persecution, and it's not that. Right, right. So anyway, we almost made a virtue out of it, didn't we? We have got this difficult mm-hmm. person that's the loudest voice in the room that's ruining you know, our lives, poisoning the church that we serve, mm-hmm. and we spiritualized it to be a, a cross that we have to bear rather than a, a wolf that we have to confront. There you go. Yeah. Good. Right on. All right. What else do you got for us? Um, let me give you one more here, Jim. We're talking about safeguards that we can use as leaders. And here's the third one, understanding what loving your enemy really means. Mm-hmm. I think we sometimes we use Jesus' words, love your enemy, and, and I don't think we I don't think we interpret what he's saying there, the word love, very accurately. Yeah. Um, so when Jesus said, he said this, you've heard it said, love your neighbor but hate your enemies. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, love your enemies. He was addressing an Old Testament scripture in Leviticus that actually, actually, there are some things in Leviticus that I remember. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> most of that book is hard for me. Um, but in Leviticus 19, it says, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Somewhere along the line, hate your enemy was tacked on to the end of that verse. Yeah. And, we th- and I think it's probably by the teachers of the law, right? Yeah. They were really good at adding stuff yeah. <laughs> uh, to Scripture. And, and Jesus brought correction to that and said, no, mm-hmm. don't, don't just love your neighbor, love your enemy too. Yeah. The problem is, what does he mean by that? Mm-hmm. What does it mean 
to genuinely love your enemy. Okay. So um, here's what here's my thought. I, I'd like to get your feedback on this, Jim. When somebody abuses you, he or she is sinning. Yeah. Do you agree with that? I agree with that. That thought. So yeah. is it loving to let somebody continue to sin against no. you? <laughs> no, it's not. It, it, it isn't. That's not yeah. in their best interests, right? Right. Um, it's not in yours either. Right. So loving people who abuse you means you care about them, you hope the best for them, and maybe even pray for them. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you allow them to take advantage of you, yeah. to say whatever they want to say to you. Yeah. I've, I had people say things to me on my way to the platform on Sunday morning that yes. were so mean. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm laughing because it's laugh or cry, yeah, right? I mean, but we have all that experience. Right. And, and I didn't have the skill set yeah. to say, you know what? I don't want to hear that right now. We'll talk later. Yeah. I just sat there and took it. Yeah, and, and don't ever interrupt me on the way from worship to the platform again. Right. This is not the time for you to air your, your, your differences. That's right. Yeah. And uh, and so I, I didn't I didn't really get that, Jim. I, I thought the loving thing to do was just to sit there and take it. It is not loving to let somebody abuse you. Right. That's not loving. Right. Because nobody wins yeah. in that scenario. Everybody loses when yeah. we just sit there and, and allow that to go unchecked. Yeah. Um, so getting healthy and staying healthy as a leader, we talked a couple of pods ago about loving ourselves, Jim, Yeah. from a biblical perspective and, and telling our anger where to go. But if we really want to get healthy and stay healthy, we have to learn how to protect ourselves from people whose mission in life is to hurt us. Right. And again, it's a small minority in most churches, yeah. Yeah. but they're very vocal. They're very loud. Always. And, um... So I don't know. That's kind of where I'd I'd like to frame our our, our talk today is around those three pieces mm-hmm. of, hey, it's the right thing to do. Understand the difference between persecution and abuse, and and, and understand what loving your enemy really means. Yeah. It's not loving I, what somebody continues. This talk way. today is liberating to the pastor that doesn't know this because they're in bondage to this. If 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 they're not living what you're teaching right now. They're in bondage to the people, the, the small minority of the people that they're serving, that, that talk to people in the foyer way, that, that when they approach you say, I'm not the only one who feels this way. A lot of us feel this way. I mean, a 3% talk to 3% so they can sound like they're 25 or 50%. Right. And, and I, it, it destroys churches. I mean, when you look at what destroys churches, the deeds of the flesh, Paul's real clear. There's witchcraft and you know orgies. and But right in the middle of all those major things, there's, there's gossip, factions, mm-hmm. and dissensions. You go, does that really belong between orgies and witchcraft? You know what I mean? Like, like if I walk out in the foyer on a Sunday and there's somebody laying on the pentagram of goat's blood, you know, chanting to Satan, I think I would confront that. You know what I mean? I yep. think everybody would. But you walk out and there's a couple of people sitting there having an angry conversation about what they didn't like in the service. Most of us wouldn't walk over with the courage to say, what are you guys talking about? Hey, man, this yeah. is not the time or the place. This is right. not, that wasn't a talent show that you get to judge. That was, that's not what this is. Mm-hmm. Now knock it off. We, we would address the, the pentagram of goat's blood one way and the gossip. Well, that's just Bob. That's just Fred. That's just yeah. Susie. It isn't. No, no church that I'm aware of has ever been destroyed by witchcraft or orgies. They're all destroyed by gossip, dissensions, and factions. Mm-hmm. So this is a lot more serious. This has to be confronted. Yeah. This is not a small issue. And, and if I could just be totally transparent, uh, and I hope I am transparent and you're transparent on these uh, podcasts, yeah. I get more pushback on this subject really, than almost any other thing I talk about. Because it's so foreign, yeah, to our to the guys who are, are coming to us for help. They they just they want to uh, fight back, 
and yeah. say but it's because they've operated in an unhealthy way for so long and so um jim this one is so crucial so important if you want to be healthy yeah we've got to figure this one out yeah or else ministry or leadership will eat you up and spit you out and we don't want that for any of our and there's listeners. so much of that today yeah. and, and it is this it is this yeah. so the next episode coming up we're going to really deal with because this takes emotional energy confronting it, it brother so-and-so no or confronting it. brother so-and-so's wife might even be harder <laughs> right or the staff member or the, yeah. the the non-negotiable piano player that you have to have every <laughs> sunday that's causing these issues yeah. right this takes emotional energy to, to deal with these things before God it takes mm-hmm. faith, it takes courage, it takes a lot of those things that we just can get from God. So really on the next episode, we're going to talk about how to refuel, how to put ourselves in a position where you have the strength, the emotional capital yeah. to go after some of these issues and, and get yourself healthy, get your church healthy, get the ministry healthy. So right. give us a little taste of, of what we're heading towards. So when you're running on emotional fumes, when I'm running on emotional fumes, everything in life is just harder, Yeah, especially leading. And so what we're going to look at next pod, Jim, is three indicators that help us figure out how much emotional fuel we have in our tank. Yeah. And then some practical ways we can refuel if we f- figure out, man, I'm running on empty. Right. So that's right. what we're going to talk awesome. about in the next pod. I love that word practical. Practical ways. This is not go on top of the mountain with a, a jug of water and stay there for 60 days until you starve to death or God speaks to you. This is this is the day-to-day stuff. This is getting on the treadmill to get in shape. This that's is right. Not eating Twinkies to, you know, to prevent a third chin from growing under your face right this is this is practical applicable accountable things that everybody every one of us can do and should do that's so, right john thank you so much for your wisdom i love i love that you're smart but i love that you're smart enough to teach us how to live wisely mm-hmm. so thank you for your your testimony it's my pleasure with us, and we'll uh talk to you again soon all right all right